What's up, everyone? Welcome to my corner of the internet. I'm your host, Ryan Kramer, and this is Crossover Commerce, presented by Ping Pong Payments, the leading global payments provider helping sellers keep more of their hard-earned money. What's up, everyone? I'm your host, Ryan Kramer, and welcome to another episode of Crossover Commerce, episode 105 of Crossover Commerce, to be more precise. Episode is titled, One Stop Shop, Changes for Online Sellers Across Europe. Thanks for tuning in, everyone, live on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, and Twitter. I'm Ryan Kramer, like I mentioned before, with Ping Pong Payments. This show is presented by Ping Pong Payments. And right before we get started, let me tell you quickly about what we do. We are we transfer more than $150 million a day for e-commerce sellers just like you, helping over 1 million customers now transferring and converting over $90 billion, that's billion with a B, in cross-border payments. To start saving today, go ahead and check out Ping Pong Payments in that link below. You can catch it in the show notes, or if you're watching on social media, it's in a link titled... Uh, with the ending in CC podcast. Again, that's for crossover commerce podcast. Make sure you mentioned that you heard about us today through that. Check out Ping Pong. Go ahead and save some money and grow your business internationally today with Ping Pong. That being said, uh, again, welcome everyone. If you've listened for the uh, one time or if this is your first time on crossover commerce, or this might be your 105th time, for example, we appreciate every single one of you coming and listening to us live. Again, we're across all social media, and because this is a live show, you can ask your questions, and we'll be able to see those throughout the presentation, and we'll have a portion of this specific podcast. We will be able to answer those at the end of the show. So that being said, go ahead and fire away. Let us know where you're listening from. Let us know what questions you might have about either the presentation or the topic we're covering, and we'll be able to get that squared away for you. If you can't catch us live, that's no problem. Just go ahead and submit your questions still as well, and we'll be able to tag our partners uh, with Hello Tax as well to make sure that you get everything answered today because the great thing about this show is we go live anywhere from two to five times per week. And that is because we have the greatest minds in e- Amazon and e-commerce coming together on this show in order to give you the best insights available, what's going on in the industry to help le- you level up your business as well. That being said, not just about me, it's about the guests that we have on this show. And that today is Chris Hara of Hello Tax. Uh, he, Chris is actually a VAT accountant with over 10 years of experience. And at the end of 2018, he took the role on as operations manager at Hello Tax, one of the VAT compliance companies preferred by online sellers, where he leads a team of 20 accountants and reporting specialists. And as operations manager, Chris and his team integrate complex roles of VAT and Hello Tax software, simplifying the work and automating where it is possible. All of all to help Hello Tax to provide quality service for a competitive price. Sounds great to me, and I'm excited to bring on the show Chris Hara of Hello Tax. Chris, welcome to Crossover Commerce. How are you doing today? Thank you, thank you. I'm I'm doing great. Uh, welcome everyone. I'm happy to be able to to help um, e-commerce sellers to understand this um, pretty uh, pretty complex topic, which is the one-stop shop. Um, yeah, excited to be here. Absolutely. And Chris, just a little bit inside for you. Have you been in e-commerce for a long time? Where You said for 10 years you've been doing uh, VAT and compliance. That's a long time uh, in the e-business space. 
what did you did you do anything else before this, or were you always in finance? Well, tell us a little bit more about yourself. Uh, well, more um, I, I was more into finance uh, and accounting as well, and working with um, multinational um, companies. Um, but the e-commerce part actually started with uh, with HelloTax, and so I would say it's actually it's actually very useful uh, a wide experience as well that that I can use in HelloTax in order to make also our service uh, smarter, yeah, more efficient. Fantastic. So where are, you, where are you joining us from? Where's HelloTax based for, for people well, who are listening? HelloTax, yeah, HelloTax is actually a remote company and, and our team operates from all over the world. Uh, so we, we also have uh, now, uh, well, we are a multinational company in a way, in a sense of uh, the, the, the team that is operating. Uh, the company itself is registered in Spain. Um, my okay. my office, I'm personally allocated in uh, in Poland, in in Szczecin, actually. Okay. Um, so it's um, the north part, northwest part of, of Poland. Uh, yeah, and but as as said, we actually uh, we actually operate from multiple uh, countries using using English as our as our uh, business language. While sure. um, I think there are about six or seven languages uh, that, that we that our, our team is, is actually speaking with so uh, speaking with, so so that's that's uh <laughs> that that's there's never a, a native a language that we use right uh, but but uh, what uh, what is uh, connecting us all is uh, the the the, the fa facing let's say the the reality of e-commerce sellers on daily basis and uh, and our dedication to make it as smooth as possible for our clients Absolutely. As one international company to another, I totally understand what you're talking about. Everyone is up at different hours of the day, whether it's in different countries up yeah. in the world, whether the United States, China, India, uh, we are all over the place just like yourself. But that, that's why we're here, right, is to understand on a global scale how to operate more efficiently. You're talking specifically today about one-stop shopping. I'm curious to hear your insights about what that means to you as a company and then also uh, what changes are across Europe specifically uh, we're going to hone in on today. So that's exciting to hear uh, what you're going to be talking about today. So I'll go ahead and you prepared some information for us here on a, on a slide. Yeah, I prepared, I prepared a, sh a short presentation, really just uh, trying to squeeze everything in, um, in, in a, let's say this is easy to digest pill. <laughs> uh, so that's what I have here prepared and, I have also an agenda. We now can move uh, to it and we can see what will be the points that we go through. Okay. Absolutely. Let's go ahead and kick it off. All right. So first of all, we're going to start with uh, the, the challenges for online sellers that are linked with uh, with the OSS and uh, all the requirements that are related to it. We're going to speak about the regulations for EU companies and non-EU companies. I think both is interesting because we can have also here listeners from from outside of EU. Um, well, it's also it's also the fact that that uh, Great Britain is also now a non-EU company. So. We definitely have people interested in uh, in those regulations as well, and then we can have this uh, Q and A uh, section that we were also referring to. So uh, then we can speak about uh, anything that uh, pops out to uh, anyone and minds that that, uh, that is related to this OSS topic. Yeah. So how do we stand, or where do we stand actually with uh, with the topic? 
the, the regulations are kicking in from the 1st uh, July and, and every e-commerce business is actually uh, in a situation where they have to refigure it or let's say at least rethink their their business strategy and the business models. The problem that I think is is, uh, is often still faced by them is, is that there are not enough information about it and that's why we would like to 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 make it clear at least in the most important aspects so starting from the beginning one stop shop in regards of uh, the registration so in which country you can actually register for OSS and and why you should you, you should do that in in a sense as well but first what is the options that you have well if you are in a EU based company sole trader then the only place you can actually register for OSS is your home country and that being said that is also possible for non-EU clients which have a business activity like maybe a, a storing in some country of, of goods so like let's say having some some contracts for uh, for uh, logistic uh, logistic services like storing and so on yeah but in case of a non-eu client non-eu company they are actually choosing one of those countries where they are registered when they uh, are doing business in and that choice that they do is valid for two, two years two following years uh, and that that country is called the member state of identification yeah so summarizing pretty simple for EU clients is the home country for non-EU clients they can choose from one of the countries that they are doing business in yeah awesome well th this makes sense so this this is something where it's a little bit easier for operations to happen all in one place instead of each entity or each sort of country right if, if that makes sense yeah. to yeah, summarize yeah, okay yeah. <laughs> right 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 good well then what do we have to know as well because there are some there are some uh, unclarities in, in regards of what is the one-stop shop reporting really about and actually uh, one-stop shop reporting is covering all the b2c cross-border sale b2c is the key point that we have to uh, focus here as well as cross-border okay so that's actually what we used to we used to call it uh, distance sale yeah we, we we said distance sale from country a to country b yeah and that was always um, linked with a customer really not with a business because if you do it up to a business it's a different thing yeah oss reporting is covering all your b2c cross-border transactions and it's it does not really matter where the goods are being dispatched from yeah so it means basically that if you store in germany france spain and you make b2c transaction sales uh, from those countries okay but two clients in another country that kind of a transaction will fall under the oss reporting yeah we will need to have you will need to have a VAT ID for all the uh, countries where you store yeah that's also important to mention here yeah absolutely 
uh, yeah, all of this makes sense in terms of what you need to do in terms of the ITs required and, you know, everything that looks like, so what, what would be the next step in this, in this process? Yeah, no, of course, um, the, the registration itself is, is pretty simple. As we said, um, uh, you, you just choose the, the country in case of non-use or you have to do that in, um, in, in the home country. I just would like also to, to mention key points, let's say that, that, um, specific to understand, to really like close that idea of what we just started of cross-border B2C <laughs> to make like, to make this, 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 this dot um under the um the eye <laughs> exactly. uh, we have we have the everything that we have um, that we'll be, be talking about in in oss as this cross-border transactions is going is falling under this one report does not really matter when that report is being uh created or submitted to which to which tax office in europe it's being submitted it's covering all those transactions coming from different eu countries what's leaving what's also what's left let's say because some might think okay well then if if that's happening then uh what about everything else that, that do i have to submit anything else any other vat return for that country or or is this any anything else that, that needs to be reported then oss and actually there is and everything that is actually a b2b cross-border so we say sometimes that uh, it's intra-community goods supplies or acquisitions Okay, well, that's accounting accounting expressions, but normally you say B two B between countries or B two B cross border. Yeah, those transactions you report then the regular way, as well as any transaction that is actually domestic. So, if the if let's say you have that, that warehouse that I was mentioning before in France and in, in Spain, in Germany, and you actually make the sale uh, to clients that are based in the countries from which the product was sent yeah then that is a domestic a domestic sale and that is still uh, to be submitted within the domestic vat return separately to uh, to oss report yeah sure hmm? good well one additional note about um, slight change um, and that's also we are getting a lot of questions what about the thresholds because we heard there are no thresholds anymore yeah so what does that really mean that there are no, no thresholds um as probably most of the people that that heard about the basics of of uh, vat rules for e-commerce uh, sellers for e-commerce sellers they they know what the threshold limit is but for those that, that do not, let me remind that there was something like a, a limit uh, to which you you can pay your VAT in your in the country of dispatch. Okay, so departure of the product, yeah. And if you are above that limit, you have to either register in the country of destination if you are not yet registered, or just pay the VAT in that country if you are already registered in that country. Yeah, and this, this, those thresholds, those rules, uh, were also changed by the changes from the com, com, in regards to this OSS topic. The first change is that for uh, EU clients that have multi-storage, and for non-EU clients, indeed there is no threshold limit 
meaning that from the first transaction that they do uh, to a given country, they would need to register in that country unless they voluntarily uh, decide to use OSS. Yeah? So that's basically what it, what it means. It's not something scary that, oh, there are no thresholds. Now we have to register everywhere. You don't. You can use OSS and then you don't have to register everywhere. Yeah? For, for EU clients that have only one place of establishment storage, there is still a, a sales threshold, but it's, it's really like peanuts. You know, it's, it's 10K, uh, 10K for the whole Europe. Yeah, so if you sell abroad more than 10K, you are already above the threshold, meaning that you have to pay uh, the VAT at the destination country. And again, here, either via OSS or you, you, you do it the old way, which, which, which would be actually that there might be some exceptions, but the, there are no, um, not a lot good sides of, of registering the destination country. And I did, it's not interesting for a majority of e-commerce sellers. So you rather go via OSS. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thresholds. That's it. <laughs> Easy enough. Or it makes sense to me. And if, again, we're, we want to make sure that everyone, if you do have questions, go ahead and submit those on our Facebook, LinkedIn, or YouTube comment section. And we'll be able to see those at the end. Turn them up on the screen. If anything that Chris mentions, to, uh, about any of these operations or any of these definitions or just processes in general. If you have questions about that, go ahead and just submit your questions. And at the end, we have a Q&A section actually for us to answer those questions. And experts like Chris can make sure that everything is cleared up for you. So just wanted to make sure everyone is aware of that. Great. Perfect. Now, so then we move to the next topic, uh, which is also uh, a part of this package, e-commerce package. Uh, we have the online marketplaces, new new uh, obligations for them actually, which is collecting of VAT. And here also we, we got some questions in uh, from uh, from our clients. Uh, what will that mean? How will that work? Some of the people, some of the sellers that are operating in uh, in UK, in you already know how it works. Already they know it from uh, from uh, yeah from the experience from actually the payout that they got from Amazon uh, or similar marketplaces. Uh, definitely. The most important thing that you have to keep in mind that from the EU perspective, if you are a non-EU uh, entity, not so an entity not established in EU, then the marketplace will be responsible for collecting VAT on the transactions that you do within the EU. Yeah. So let's say I am a Chinese company storing in, in Germany, uh, doing sales uh, from Germany to whatever to the whole Europe, uh, that marketplace that I'm using that is actually being appointed to be the deemed supplier. We're going to go to that uh, in the next um, in the next uh, slide, next page, um, is collecting my VAT and it's actually paying me out only the net amount of the sales that I do. So the, the price that I have on the website is whatever the gross amount is there and I'm just going, going, going to get the net amount paid out. Yeah. But here again, uh, similar to, to what we said uh, previously, it's not always the case that you're gonna have 100% transactions really 
um, collected by Amazon. There are some exceptions here. So you still will have anyway, always, uh, to submit a, a VAT return in that country. It's not taking away your VAT reporting obligations for any country, even if the marketplace is uh, responsible for collecting the VAT. Yeah? And again, for, for, um, for non-EU deliveries, so deliveries that are starting from outside EU to Europe, there's also uh, an on online marketplace obligation that that is uh, that is being introduced. This doesn't matter now if you are EU customer on or non-EU customer. If you do sales that dispatches from a territories outside of EU to a EU customer, uh, there's a there's a new procedure for it as well. Um, but also for but only for transactions that are not above uh, 150 euro everything above 150 euro and that we talk about the whole package down here the whole order okay uh, if it's above this um this amount then it follows the the the, the normal regulations the all normal the old let's say uh custom duties uh, procedures yeah absolutely work i'm following right along <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm I'm taking notes here. The, I'm taking notes here in the background for everyone who who is listening. No, I, or I, 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 I have a notepad right here of I'm just taking notes and listening to Chris as we're going because super insightful in terms of what you need to do for online marketplaces collecting VAT. And this is something that even as a company that we help fulfill those payments, it's very important. Let, let's be clear, and Chris can obviously chime in on this it's very important to understand when you're growing your e-commerce brand and you're growing your footprint in amazon marketplaces around the world to understand these different kind of complexities in terms of vat and gst because it is confusing and that's the i believe number that's one true. barrier to entry for people to not go international or to expand internationally is because of this sort of topic so that's why we wanted to make sure hello tax was on today to kind of go over all these different complexities but not complexities in their mind. So we're trying to bridge that gap, if you will. Yeah, precisely, precisely. Well, and, and it's also the case that the, the whole package is, is taught to uh, make the life simpler. And in the, in the end, it will. It, it will make the, the experience of e-commerce seller um, much, much more convenient, let's say, in, in comparison to what we have. Uh, but explaining those changes is it's maybe not that simple, let's say. Yeah, but we, we 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 try to make it as simple as possible. All right, right. And like in in true Amazon fashion, and just true any sort of financial regulation fashion, changes are constantly happening. So staying on top of it is even more complex. So this is very very great information um, that you're sending our ways and to our listeners as well. So continue if you will, Chris. <laughs> no problem, no problem. Well, for uh, for the non-EU sellers soaring in EU, uh, that's uh, the, the graph that we have here is describing how the operation will look like because that's also, that's also a kind of a question mark uh, that is sometimes replied in a way that is leading to more confusion um, than actually clarifying the topic we say that the marketplace or we said on the previous slide the marketplace will collect the VAT from from your client and that sometimes people think okay but what does that really mean uh, am I still selling those products to those clients 
what will be the, the documents flow, what will be the money flow, how will I then um, report it as well sometimes or if someone wants to go to search details. Here we have like four steps tr transaction in every time a marketplace is actually being the one that is responsible, uh, it is the one that is getting the payment from the client and it is the one that is selling the product to the client. So obviously before it sells, it also buys it from you, yeah? Um, it is the one selling the, the product, the final client, the net amount is being paid out to the non-EU seller and the VAT payment will actually be passed by the online marketplace for those transactions. But it's also very important to mention, it also, I heard some, uh, some well, many questions actually in that, in that manner. We are not talking about the fact that when you do sales on marketplace like, like Amazon, um, that, that it, this means that Amazon is basically liable for all your VAT. Whenever they are liable or not is being decided per transaction, okay? So certain transactions will follow that scheme that we now have, that they will get the money, they will sell it, you get the net amount, they pay the VAT. Right. Yeah, I was going to say they, they're collecting, but it, it's up to you as the seller to reconcile, if you will, um, with those payments. And correct me if I'm wrong, Chris, depending on the size of the seller, is that how often you're going to have to be paying those authorities, whether it's quarterly, monthly? Did that change or has that been still consistent? The, the VAT payments did, did not change really. The OSS reporting has a different reporting scheme and a payment scheme. Um, but that, that's again, that's, that's something we, we, can, we can think about making it more specific here on even on this presentation, but keeping it simple, um, we would like still to, to, to present what, is, what are the changes, sure. how to understand those. Uh, in regards of uh, changes to to the to other aspects, so the, to the VAT reporting uh, outside of OSS, they that they have been none. Okay, so th that all stays the same. Yeah, that that part stays the same. Only the OSS here changed, and those particular uh, responsibilities for marketplace, which here we are now uh, presenting. I will not go that much into the details. I'm showing it here, uh, but. As right. said, uh, this is not something which is that important for everyone to go into all those points and, and, and check it. It's, it's just to give you kind of a hint on uh, how that validation looks like for every of those transactions and when actually the marketplace will be the one collecting your, your VAT for that particular transaction. Yeah. The, those two levels of validation uh, they are. They need to be done by the marketplace, not by service providers, VAT service providers like like we, like any other company that is doing similar services, or by you uh, as a as a e-commerce seller. Don't worry about it. They uh, have actually the responsibility responsibility to make this validation on your side, on an e-commerce seller side. It is important to provide all the necessary information to the marketplace. Uh, regarding the product, the nature of the product, the nature of the transaction sometimes as well, depending on how the marketplace operates. 
maybe some of those transactions, maybe so, some of this data is already there on your account, but in some cases, it might be required to, to be delivered uh, by you additionally. Yeah, And for that, you are responsible because of obviously the output of that data can uh, can impact um, the allocation of that transaction. Yeah. Good. Get on my and 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 that's actually and that's actually it from uh, from that per that perspective from general changes that uh, that that happened in OSS uh, in uh, in e-commerce. What I would need to what I would like to add here is that everyone actually the most of the the e-commerce sellers that have been registered in any country because they met a certain threshold limit um, that the, based on the previous rules, previous regulations, these are the ones they might be freed up from those obligations, from obligations to being registered in that country and doing reporting. So also some administrative costs will drop down. Uh, although they have to arrange themselves, uh, we also do provide that service, uh, an OSS registration in the end yeah, and, and reporting. But then for many of of uh, of those um, of of clients that I see, for many of them it means that you are replacing three or four countries with just one report, which definitely changes the way that that uh, changing changes the uh, the final bill that they have obviously always to to bear for any administrative stuff related to VAT. Yeah. So yeah, if if people have other questions, they can just go to that website again it's also in our show notes everyone if you have a question about hello tax or just staying vat compliant 2021 go ahead and click on the link below whether it's going to directly to hellotax.com or reaching out to i believe one of those three individuals right there on the team uh of hello tax making sure that you understand the focus if you are selling in europe specifically in this case uh, it's, it's important to stay compliant. They will be able to answer all your questions or even ask Chris your questions as well. So fantastic stuff. You said that this is the last of the presentation. We can kind of go into the questions and whatnot. Yes. Uh, no, no problem. So whatsoever. So again, for anyone who is listening or watching this live on LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, uh, again, to reset kind of the, the space or the podcast, if you will, um, this is Crossover Commerce, and we brought on a partner of ours uh, over at HelloTax, Chris Shahara, uh, excuse me, Chris, um, of HelloTax, yeah, for 10 years experience in terms of the space and finance, um, specifically with HelloTax. But there's lots of specific changes for 2021, just like everything else in Amazon and the online marketplace, constant changes to need to be on top of in order to stay compliant in order to stay ahead of the game and make sure that it doesn't, it isn't cost costly to you as a seller down the road as well. What, what's the number one challenge in your mind when a client comes to you and they say, how can I be more efficient or more effective as a multi-channel seller in Europe or in around the world? What's the number one challenge that you and your team are seeing? Well, for anyone that, that would, would like to expand their, their sales to, to regions that they normally do not operate, uh, from our perspective, obviously, the, the, the biggest factor is all the administration related to, to, to taxes. Uh, and, and also, therefore, 
uh, it's impacting their their margins, their sales margins, and their uh, strategies in regards of fulfillment as well. Yeah. So having that in place uh, to make that part, let's say, easier and more fun, you have to have someone's support next to you uh, that can that can help you with uh, with that aspect. While while you need to obviously <laughs> always uh, make a, a good investigation, a good preparation on uh, whenever that the, the business idea that you have is actually uh, a good idea to be launched in that area, in that region. As we know, examples show that one thing can be sold can be sold, you know, in 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 millions in one country, while in other, almost no interest, right? So that's also important to uh, to figure out before you launch a new market, yeah? marketplace as well. In, you know? in your opinion, now that Britain is no longer part of the EU society, what challenges have you seen for clients in terms of? going between the UK and now separately the EU marketplace and having to differentiate one versus the other. Is there a major time factor? Is there a lot of different challenges between one and the other? What are the things that you're seeing as a company that now that they're not all under one umbrella, what, what are you seeing as a company? Are people rather opting into just the EU instead of both UK and EU? Well, definitely the the challenges that that, that are linked with uh, with Brexit are again the challenges of um, being in two different VAT regions here. So it's like it it you 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 had everything standardized, you had everything, let's say, figured out, <laughs> settled, okay, and now now we are. It's like it's like those 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 clients that 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 operate in both markets. And coming from one, have companies in obviously in one of them. They are like suddenly in a reality, like they would be launching their products in a different marketplace. Yeah, they have to watch out for different regulations. They have to uh, plan their fulfillments separately, right? So they have to think right. about oh, how do I bring it here? How do I bring it in here? What what import taxes I will pay pay here? What what import taxes I will pay there? And um, the issues that we have here also that is that from customs perspective, it generated a lot of new obligations and issues uh, for UK companies, but also for EU for EU companies. Both of them they actually have to have someone locally figuring out and helping them arranging them everything related to imports, while previously you were just doing an import to one of the EU countries, you could. Uh, then spread your goods within the EU, uh, either doing it via some kind of services um, uh, similar to to to, to this um, to this FBA model uh, of of Amazon, um, but also you could be doing it with your own trucks. Does not really matter. It was pretty simple. Yeah. Currently, you are doing imports between those two. If you do an import to to EU, you pay on the entrance. And then you make the import to uh, to UK, and you also can face their fees. So right. it's it, it's again you have to figure out what is the best model in this uh, in this situation. But definitely, things got harder. Things got more complex. 
Right. I believe the old adage was sending your goods directly to UK. And you said through the pan, I believe it's called the pan European fulfillment program where you can send your goods directly to UK. It was the number one import country in all of Europe. Once it received the goods, then you can send your goods and get it fulfilled directly all the way to either Poland or, you know, all the way across the EU. Now it's separate. People have to, like you mentioned, logistically figure out how much, how many goods to send directly just to UK. And then most goods, I believe recently it was announced that Netherlands became the number one importer of Mm -hmm, goods into the EU because of where it's situated. And now that to have goods into, to get to the number one place to get to is Germany first, but to get to Germany, everyone's sending goods through to Netherlands, then to Germany then fulfilling through that. So it's again, another half step, if you will, in the process um, as well. But as Amazon, my question to you is Amazon continues to roll out its marketplaces throughout Europe. It's not the number one marketplace as, as evident in the research. There's other marketplaces that are more popular in terms of user base. Amazon would rather just sit in the background and let people come to them. Do you at HelloTax help with other sort of tax obligations and VAT and GST with other marketplaces, or is it just Amazon to be specific and um, well? To be we, clear, we are we are focused on on e-commerce sellers, not not only Perfect. on Amazon sellers, but e-commerce sellers precisely, because obviously VAT is a huge topic, and there are a number of regulations for each of type of. Activities each marketplace is, yeah. yeah is is for each marketplace it's it's you would go mad you know it's like <laughs> very a lot of people that are that are coming from us let's say uh, they are they are they, they cannot believe it they think they don't they very very often uh, are not uh, expecting so much complexity between the the, the states the eu states they they kind of have the feeling that it's like back then back there that that it's one market should be regulated standardization <laughs> but it's unfortunately still not the case and not mentioning the vat rates per types of pro- products but the way that that the, the the vat should be sometimes even paid we have here in poland also a specific thing which is called now split payment when the vat is splitted between two parties uh, and there is and and there are a lot of similar um, a similar uh, non-standard transaction uh, transactions that are taking place in, in France, in in Italy, and, and so on, so on. So yeah, we are focused on the thing that we can. We think that we can do. We can let's say ha- we can uh, gather the data, gather that information, uh, keep our uh, VAT experts, accountants up to date in that area. They can be focused on it. They can, uh, refresh their knowledge, be, uh, be up to date with all the changes that are happening. Uh, therefore e-commerce sellers is our focus, uh, but not only Amazon sellers. Now that's, we have, we have clients that are doing sales on their own websites, uh, using other platforms. Uh, we have, uh, clients that. Uh, that that even let's say uh, are starting and would like to do sales everywhere, and therefore we are also supporting them for all the sales for all the transactions that they have. Yeah. 
if you were to give advice for if I'm in the United States, if I'm I am in the United States and I'm a seller that wants to expand to Europe, what's the number one place to start in your mind? What's the easiest barrier to entry if you were to give advice? Well, for a non-EU uh, company, the first barrier in some countries is a fiscal representative, which is not always a mandatory thing. Not in not in only uh, not in every country, it's a mandatory requirement. Yeah. Therefore, I would always go with countries that do not have that requirement, like like Germany, for example. Yeah, where you don't have to appoint someone special. There's someone that is, uh, by the way, also responsible for VAT for your VAT payments. So that that certain company or person um, holds a certain uh, liability. Therefore, the the fees and the, um, everything that is related to, to to pricing is different than than in a country that you just have a tax agent. Let's say, yeah, that's completely different. Makes sense, and also maybe why Germany is one of the more uh, popular platforms in terms to sell or marketplaces to sell online because of those regulations uh, and growth. A little bit easier to to get into that barrier, but also because the the audience uh, warrants it as well. Um, I saw a couple. I have a more, couple more questions, and I'll, I'll again invite people who are listening to us live on LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. If you have other questions or specific. Uh, you know, questions about your own marketplace or your own storefront, if you will, and you're trying to get more insight, go ahead and ask that in the comments section below, or you can actually um, I put in the comments section as well, more about HelloText below. It's in the comments section. Also the show notes, if you're listening to us on Amazon Music, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts, this will also be in the show notes as well. We can learn more about HelloTax as well with Chris and his team. Uh, but Chris, when kind of as 2021 evolves and we saw lots of growth happen in 2020, what are the areas that you as a company are focusing on in terms of helping new sellers, but also international brands grow their business? Is it going to be in making sure that they're in multiple marketplaces and showing them the opportunity? What, what, what's kind of that focus for you as a company? Moving forward. Well, um, honestly speaking, the main the main focus was first to prepare for this OSS as well as a as a sure. company because that that is changing the the way that we that that our software operates. We operate via software that is helping us to to figure out how those um, those transactions should be reported. Uh, it's being built with the support of our accountants, but also all, always before we start to do anything we have to understand what should be the changes that we have to implement and as you might know oss was a topic which uh, which had a lot of questions but unfortunately not many not many answers to those questions that were really specific <laughs> right they were like okay maybe like this maybe like that and 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 stuff like this so that was our that was our main focus and currently we're also thinking about the um, the impact on the um, on the non-EU sellers that are doing business via a marketplace that is being uh, being a dim dim supplier because definitely um, the non-EU clients were never our focus uh, but I, we see that there is a bigger opportunity for them to enter Europe actually 
from one perspective, the whole regulation was done uh, to make sure that the VAT is being collected on those transactions that, that are being um, that are being done by the non-EU companies. From other hand, what which which I just was mentioning, uh, in regards of this of this uh, fiscal representative topic, yeah, if we have the lower the lower risk, we have a bigger opportunity as well for them. So that will mean that maybe the mm, the entry fee, the entry cost that they would have to face might be lower uh, when those regulations kick in. The next phase that, that we as a company we would we would like to, to focus would be other marketplaces that you mentioned, mm -hmm. uh, specifically specifically uh, the ones uh, in the uh, in the in the South uh, America, so uh, in Middle South, Mercado Libre, you know, and Brazil, and so on. That, that, that these, are, these are interesting marketplaces, I, I think, and they are growing marketplaces as well. So it's also a very good place to. Um, to expand in a certain moment, yeah. Absolutely, growth happening in South America, in Central America, Mexico, like you mentioned, specifically Mercado Libre is one of the more popular, I wanna to say top five marketplaces in the world, apart from Amazon. So definitely opportunity there. Uh, our company is also very much, uh, we support a lot of Chinese-based sellers. Is there anything specific that, if they're listening to this or watching this as well, is there something that they need to know that's any different from other sellers that might be located around the world? Well, no, Chinese seller or, or U.S. seller is a non-EU seller, so there are no big differences really uh, rated to that. Obviously, the only thing that is um, sometimes we see companies, we have uh, also signals from certain clients that for a Chinese uh, client, sometimes it's harder uh, to get this fiscal representative, for example, yeah, in those countries where they need it. Uh, and that's probably linked with the fact that uh, in case of any issues, as, as, and as I, I was mentioning, those companies are liable for all the VAT payments. Yeah? Sure. So uh, the people, um, uh, let's say, or e-commerce e uh, sellers coming from China or coming from Europe, uh, we have the same situations uh, in both uh, parties. Sometimes there might be there might be issues with VAT payments. Either they're related to the business, yeah, either for overlooking. Sometimes, which I say is the the, the cor really corner cases, is just done by purpose or, or not done by purpose. Those, those payments are not being done on purpose, and that's the only thing that uh, that I hear from our clients is, is difficult as well. When they were looking for someone else, we we uh, we were we are able to uh, to support those clients, uh, and and definitely looking forward to uh, to those changes, which will allow us to be even more uh, more flexible. Right, money doesn't discriminate. Right, it doesn't care where you're from. It the rules and regulations apply to everyone. So that's it, true. Although it might be a little bit different uh, in terms of getting money out or in or paying those uh, mm -hmm. as a, as a company. It, it, it's still the same rules apply for everyone. So uh, I don't see any other questions that came in, but Chris, again, for people who might have other questions or specifically if they're, they're just, they have so much on their plate, they don't want to, they have, they don't have mm -hmm. enough time to type it in or ask the question today, where can they learn more information about you or how should they reach out? Is it the sales at hellotax.com or just go to hellotax.com? Is that the best way to do that? 
I would say it's the best the best thing to do that. Uh, and on the on the website, you also have a possibility to uh, to use our free software. Okay, our software that that can help you to understand how are your figures um, looking like in in all the countries. But also, it it, it just allows you to uh, to have a better track on on your sales. Uh, it gives us as well an opportunity to to even suggest you uh, some solutions that we might go with, we might we might offer you. So, hellotax.com free software, yeah, and then you have let's say uh, a, a small experience or, or what we can offer you in a in a, in a paid version, in a premium premium uh, version, yeah. Fantastic. Well, thank you for that offer and and for sharing that information with. Our audience today, I know, I, again, I, I took a lot of notes here in the background. I was scribbling away. So it, it was very insightful in terms of the changes, like you said, for people who are selling online, staying up to date and staying ahead of the curve or the wave in Amazon or any other compliance complexities that are out there in those marketplaces. It's always important to rely on your partners and people like HelloTax in terms of helping you in these different ventures. Of course, what Ping Pong does in terms of international growth relying on us, we rely on HelloTax to educate our consumers in order to stay ahead of the curve. So thank you so much today for hopping on Crossover thank Commerce. You. Thank awesome. You. Thank you very much, Chris. Again, that was Chris from uh, Hara from HelloTax. Again, make sure you check out hellotax.com, everyone who is listening to this. If you didn't get a chance, again, it's earlier here in the United States. A little bit later in the day, we're in uh, Eastern and Western Europe. So wherever you are listening in the world, this is the beauty of this show. We're always going to have insight and information from people all over the world to help you grow your Amazon and e-business uh, enterprise, if you will. So it's important to understand that these kinds of complexities, there's companies that we rely and support on, uh, we, we rely on to help educate our customers and audience in order to bring you people who are listening to and show the show and watching the show more information to help level up your business to grow internationally and again stay ahead of the curve i'm ryan kramer the host of this show crossover commerce thanks for joining us again on episode 105 again this title of the show is called one-stop shop changes for online sellers across europe thanks for tuning in thanks to chris and hello tax for hopping on today we'll catch you guys next time on our next episode of crossover commerce take care everyone